Hi there, Rockstar. Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantor's speaker, coach, and founder of The C Method, where I help high-performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more at thecmethod.com. Now, each week here on the podcast, if you're new, we address a different topic to help you build a success mindset, present yourself with confidence, build strong relationships, and be an all-round better human. If you haven't yet already, join our community on Facebook, search for the group The C Method Rockstars or go to thecmethod.com slash community. We cannot wait to meet you and have you join our conversation. Now, today's podcast is all about personal branding. Whether you're a business owner or a working professional, I don't care who you are, you have a brand and you have the ability to shape it to reflect who you are and to help you reach your goals. It plays an incredibly important role in how you present yourself to the world. I haven't talked about personal branding for a while on this podcast, which is why I'm so excited to introduce you to my very special guest, personal branding expert, Karen Hollenbach. Karen Hollenbach is one of Australia's leading independent LinkedIn consultants. As the founder of Think Bespoke, she leads a team of experienced content marketing and career planning professionals who help Australians achieve their business and career goals through building their personal brand, thought leadership, and social media strategies. She also shares her insights about LinkedIn, social media management, career planning, and online business networking through her speaking. And this is how we met, actually. Um, Karen was a speaker at a conference I was emceeing. I thought her tips would be very relevant for you, Rockstar, which is why I invited her on the show. So Karen and I um, talk about how she carved out a niche for herself and built her own personal brand. We talk about what is thought leadership and is it something you should be looking to develop? Karen also shares practical tips for making the most out of your LinkedIn profile and why LinkedIn is such a powerful tool for networking and why your personal brand is something you need to be focusing on if you're looking to advance in your career or make a career change. Lots of good stuff in this episode. If you want to connect with Karen, you can find all the links to um, where you can find her at thecmethod.com slash 188. That's where the show show notes will be. Okay, you ready? Let's meet the lovely Karen Hollenbach. I first saw you speak at at the Conversion Plus conference earlier this year, and I remember in your conversation you mentioned that you've become known as the LinkedIn lady. Yes. How did that come about? Yes. Well, it was, a, it was given to me by a colleague and I remember a client came and saw me and she said, oh, I've got to tell you a really interesting story. And I said, oh, okay, I'm, I love a good story. She said, oh, I told a colleague I was coming to see you today and I was, I was going to see the LinkedIn lady. And um, the colleague said to her, oh, which, you know, what, the LinkedIn lady? Well, I hope it's Karen Hollenberg. So it was just given to me by a client and one of the things I really like about it is it implies, and it really does relate to personal branding, interestingly, it implies two things. And the first thing is my specialty and area of expertise, which is LinkedIn. And the second one, the lady, uh, is really about 
really how I navigate LinkedIn. So it's a it's a lovely term which was given to me, and I do um, I do refer to myself that way sometimes when I tell this story, especially when we're talking about personal branding, which is what we're talking about today. Yes, absolutely. And how did you get into LinkedIn as your specialty? Well, when I, so previously I worked for a corporate, so I'm a corporate escapee. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, you might be loving your job at the moment in the corporate environment, but those of us that have crossed over talk about it as being a corporate escapee. So I actually chose a redundancy after being with the organisation, the global organisation for 11 years. And when I was on my executive outplacement, I was given the opportunity to, I was encouraged by my executive outplacement uh, organization to join LinkedIn and at the time it was for a job hunter but as I made the decision to progress with my education and training business I really saw LinkedIn which was at the time really more of a job hunting platform and it very much still is I meet so many people that say yep I got my last job on LinkedIn but really I saw it as someone in startup mode as a free way to promote my business and leverage my professional networks and so I've really started to look at, look at it in two ways from a personal branding point of view for Karen Hollenbach and to be really clear about what I stood for and the sort of work I was looking to do. And then I separately set up a company page for Think Bespoke, which is real estate that you can uh, have for your organisation and Think Bespoke is my consultancy. And so really by traversing uh, those features and, and leveraging those features of LinkedIn over the years, I really did build a reputation uh, for my deep knowledge of LinkedIn. And it was just a mentor that said to me, Karen, your knowledge of LinkedIn is so deep. The way you approach it is so unique. And the uniqueness comes in really how I apply old school, face-to-face relationship building principles to how I navigate LinkedIn. And she just suggested, why don't you niche? Like, why don't you really sort of, you know, shine this diamond? And the rest is history. Love it. And then you built up your thought leadership in the area of LinkedIn and branding. Yes, and it's been a really interesting lesson in ruthless focus on what you want to be known for and who you're trying to influence and that's something that um, I hope we'll talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. So when I when we were talking about this podcast, um, you said the one area that you're particularly interested in is thought leadership. So, you know, I'd love to ask you about that today and talk about this today. Um, so to get us started, what is thought leadership? How do you define it? Well, thought leadership is one of those terms that uh, could fall under the category of bullshit bingo, and I, I hope you don't <laughs> edit that out. It's a popular term to describe um, someone that has an, an area of expertise, so they're a subject matter expert, and they have a deep knowledge of something, and they have a, a unique or particular way about how they go about doing that. So thought leadership is really about embracing your, I like to call it a superpower, embracing your superpower and really uh, taking some responsibility around that by being prepared to share your insights in public forums, such as your blog, LinkedIn articles, effectively for free. So it's about having a content marketing strategy with the idea that you will serve the communities that you want to influence. Now, there is a commercial element to it as well, but it's it's being brave enough to stand in the space and say, look, I might know a thing or two about this subject and I'd like to share my insights with you. And it really, for me, thought leadership took someone else saying to me, listen, I think the way you, you know, as I said to you before, the way you approach LinkedIn, your knowledge of it is unique. And so it's about, thought leadership is about really understanding um, some key elements 
around how you view yourself um, and there's sort of some bravery involved, but also what you know the problems that the community that you want to serve are facing. And if you feel like you've got answers to those questions, um, and it's normally when you're answering them every single day for either your clients that are paying you or the people that you're in conversations with, you know there's an opportunity there to really start sharing that with a wider community. So thought leadership is really just embracing your expertise and probably choosing the platforms um, or your soapbox that you want to really sort of the platform from which you want to share it with, which should be driven by making some decisions around the communities that you want to serve because there's online communities and there's also still very much offline and in real life face-to-face communities. So I think an effective thought leader makes a good decision around how they want to influence. And we're seeing, I mean, with the um, surgence of podcasts and um, certainly blogs, it's always been there, but definitely with, you know, podcasts now, there's such an opportunity for people to tap into thought leaders from around the world in such a huge variety of topics. Mm, absolutely. And why is thought leadership important? Like for someone who's listening going, well, I don't blog, I don't write articles on LinkedIn, I don't podcast, is thought leadership for me? Or what are some things that they might want to think about in terms of considering whether this is something they want to get into? Well, it's a good question. And really, it depends on your career goals. So thought leadership for someone who works in an organisation can be as simple as thinking about, I want to be the go-to person for this. So if you're particularly good at navigating the software within your business, or if you're particularly good at navigating the corporate culture or the decision-making process, or if you have a particular skill set, I know I work with a client in sort of the marketing online space and her team within a large uh, retail travel organization, all of the members of her team are go-tos for their particular area of specialty. And they're known within really their industry, not just their organisation, she headhunted them for their unique skill set. So whether it's specific software, whether it's a specific knowledge of the way things are done in a particular organisation or a particular industry, it can serve you in your current role. It can help you get promotions within your current organisation and it can also help you get headhunted beyond your current organisation. So it's probably about taking a bit of a longer-term view of your career plan and saying, well, in two, three, five years time, what industry do I want to be working in? What type of role do I want to be doing? And what are the things I really enjoy? I mean, at the heart of thought leadership is really understanding what floats your boat and what you want to spend time doing, because we do spend a lot of time working. And so if you're doing work that you love and surrounding yourself by communities and colleagues who you really enjoy and that you get a buzz out of, it's very energising and it's a great way to spend your time. So put some thought into what that might look like and then carve out a niche for yourself in the area that you're already working on or that you'd like to pursue. I mean, it depends on the stage of career. If you're just starting out in your career, it'll be different to whether you're sort of five or 10 years or, you know, 20 years into your career. Mm. And I know for some people they might be thinking, oh, it sounds like a lot of work getting started with this? Well, in my experience, nothing in life worth having is easy to get. So, <laughs> so true. So much about, yeah, well, so yes, there is a degree of work involved, but if it's something that you're passionate about and enjoy, then really it's about work and focus. And in so many ways for me, developing my niche and developing my thought leadership in the space of LinkedIn was about saying no to things 
So there's so many opportunities in front of us, whether we're running our own businesses or working in an organisation, there's, you know, we have so much choice as adults about how we can spend our time. So it's it's deciding what you want to focus on and it may or may not, it probably will involve a little bit of hard work, but it's also just thinking about what areas interest you, what areas of specialisation interest you, what's going on in the world at the moment. I mean, there's so much going on when we look at the future of work, um, automation, different technologies coming in, side hustles, millennials there are so many interesting things happening in our working lives at the moment so really it's just taking a keen interest in a couple of them and walking down the path of maybe going to to some professional development events maybe seeking out uh, leaders around the globe who are already talking about and commentating on this and certainly when I first started to look at my LinkedIn niche there was no one really in Australia at the time doing it very well so a lot of my original learning really came from LinkedIn leaders around the world. Yeah what I'm getting from this Karen from what you're saying is that it's no longer if you want to accelerate in your career and to move move on and and get great jobs and do work you love you need to do something more than just do the work in your current role. You need to be thinking big picture and then you need to be thinking what ideas do I want to put out there, what do I want to be known for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it's really interesting. When I first worked, so I've worked in a corporate environment for many years and and one of the feedback, some feedback I got from one of my peers, which I embraced really quickly as a strength and kept pursuing it, he said, you're such an amazing networker. And I said, what do you mean? Because, you know, I was a bit of a whippersnapper. I was, you know, 25 or so. And he said, you just know so many people within the organisation so quickly. And this was really interesting because this guy had worked for the organisation sort of 10 years ahead of me. And I think it was just my natural, genuine interest in people and Mm -hmm. having conversations with people, which has, you know, translated over the years into me helping people find their voice and tell their story through personal branding and LinkedIn strategies. But at the time, it was just a genuine interest in people. So, By networking at work, I was making lots and lots of connections with people and interdepartmentally that was really important. So we were a national business. We're actually an international business, but I worked mainly and worked out of Victoria and and worked with other states. And so very quickly I realised that I was quite comfortable getting myself into conversations with senior leaders within the business and I was continually invited to different opportunities because of my can-do attitude. And I think at the heart of it, it, it was just a genuine And it remains to this day a genuine curiosity about the way things are done. Um, I call myself a lifelong learner. So even though I have an undergraduate, postgraduate um, and variety of certifications, I never stop learning. And if you have enthusiasm, curiosity and a a genuine interest in finding out how things work, I think it's really contagious and infectious and people want to be a part of it. Hi, Rockstar. If this is all sounding really wonderful and you're thinking, yes, I've got to get my personal brand going, then this message is for you. I'm looking for two purpose-driven business owners to join the C-Method Apprenticeship Program in 2019. Specifically, I'm looking for coaches, consultants, or speakers who are looking to rapidly grow their brand visibility, their thought leadership, and their business. In the apprenticeship program, you will learn everything I know about creating a thriving professional services business that aligns with your values, your authentic style, and your purpose. 
This includes cultivating a strong mindset, developing powerful public speaking skills, building your personal brand, creating content such as a podcast like this one, creating clients, and building a thriving, profitable business you love. To learn more and to apply for the program, visit thecmethod.com slash apply. There is also a link in the description of this podcast in your app. So you can tap that description. It'll take you straight there. You can also listen to the apprenticeship program mini-sode that goes into more detail about the program. I released that two episodes ago. So if you're thinking 2019 is the year for me, it's the year I'm going to commit to my own professional development and growing my business, then reach out at thecmethod.com slash apply. I look forward to speaking with you. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Let's look at LinkedIn specifically. Why would you say, Karen, is LinkedIn a good platform for building up your visibility as a thought leader over other platforms? Well, I think the world's changing online. So traditionally, LinkedIn was a job hunting network and certainly the goal of Jeff Weiner or Weiner, who's the CEO of LinkedIn, his goal is uh, he believes that we're all really busy professionals. So it's important that he can curate relevant news. So it's really shifted from just a job hunting platform to also a content and news platform. So we've got that going on on LinkedIn. We've got a high number of CEOs on that platform. It's probably got the highest penetration of the older uh, sort of workforce. And when I say older, there's, you know, high-level C-suite executives. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on Facebook territory, we've got a really interesting dynamic going on that while that's always been a very social place, um, there's there's maybe some criticism that could be uh, that could exist over there around people's privacy. We've got a potentially a, an American government that's being uh, you know very very influenced by their leader there. You know, Facebook played a really really critical role in the lead up to the U.S. election um, a little while ago now, um, and so people are becoming a bit disenfranchised with some of the traditional platforms, and and they're also I think becoming a bit you know, they're realising that it's maybe not healthy to spend heaps of time online. Um, and we've also had the the upsurge of platforms, more photographic platforms like Instagram. So all bets are off in terms of how people are engaging online. And so LinkedIn is this space where you can draw a bit of a line in the sand, um, present your professional self, not have to talk about what you had for lunch, engage with global thought leaders from around the world um, in particular areas of their expertise from across the industries and just get your news. So a lot of the what I affectionately called guff that you might be experiencing on uh, Facebook is not on LinkedIn at the moment. And so it's it's potentially a better user experience for people that are wanting to learn from either their colleagues or from experts around the world. And look, the user experience um, is not as sophisticated as other platforms, but in another way, in in some ways that makes sort of the one or two dimensional aspect of LinkedIn pretty easy to navigate because you you just update your profile and then you've got a news feed. You can engage in groups, you can engage via messaging um, and everybody's watching. All other professionals are watching what you're doing. Headhunters are on there, recruiters are on there. so it's a professional space versus mm. the social space that other platforms are. You know, something that you mentioned in your presentation um, at the conference was you mentioned how anything that we like or comment on in LinkedIn shows up in our feed and that contributes to this picture that we're painting of ourselves, which I didn't know about. Mm. 
Yes, and that's the default setting. So most people don't know that and they don't know that when you view people's profiles, unless you've clicked over to anonymous, you know, they can see you looking, which I think strategically can be used. Yeah, so this idea of like or commenting can come down to really a well-thought-out LinkedIn strategy around um, some of the key success factors that I really think about in relation to your personal brand and also how you navigate LinkedIn. So if you think about what do I want to be known for and who am I trying to influence, then when you're on LinkedIn, it's not just the way you write your profile, which for everyone listening should not just be a cut and paste from your resume. And if it is, you're missing a big opportunity. Can we just dive into that a little bit about the, the, the summary of the profile? Yeah, so with your LinkedIn profile, there's there's lots and lots of features within your LinkedIn profile and I think the, the one that's missed for a lot of people is the summary section. So they will, do you mean a summary of sort of what you should do with your profile or the actual summary section? The actual summary section. Yeah. so I know this I, is really important. Yeah, it is. You're right. We're spot on. So a personable summary is really, really important. So the mistake I see a lot of people make is they either write about themselves, they miss the summary section altogether. So if you're listening to this and going, what is the summary section? I don't even know what they're talking about. It's the section below where you write sort of you've got your photo, you've got, your photo, you've got your potentially a background image, your name, your headline, and it's the section that sits just below that before you go into your sort of first experience. And if you don't have it on your profile and you're listening, you can just go into edit mode from the desktop and click on add profile section and the summary will, should come up for you. Um, so the summary section is really your opportunity to give people a sense of who you are, the previous experience you've had, what you stand for, what you believe um, and what you sort of like professionally. And the best analogy I can give you is your LinkedIn profile is just a virtual version of you at a networking event. And, you know, the whole LinkedIn platform is like a a virtual room. And so when I walk up to your profile, yeah, I'll look at your photo and I might look at your experience, but I'm really keen to read that summary section. And so it's almost like I've walked up to you an event and said, hi, my name's Karen, what's your name? And it's really a step before you go, what do you do, which is a bit of a boring question to ask people, but people still do. But it just gives me a sense of your professional self. And so if, if you tend to be slightly comedic and funny, you know, you might inject some humour in there and people just don't realise this. They think, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to cut and paste. You know, I'm going to write in the third person. I'm going to cut and paste from my resume. It's a really missed opportunity and really what you're wanting to solicit when people read that profile is profile summary is just a sense of what you're like as an individual, what's a professional individual. I don't want to know what your footy team is or what you had for lunch, but I am interested in what you're passionate about, the contribution you want to make to the communities that you work in or serve um, and, you know, the types of conversations you're interested in having with other people on LinkedIn. Mm, yes. And I know like reading your summary, yours is very personable and it's all about how you help people and it's, and it sounds, and you've written it in a way that sounds like we're having a conversation as opposed to something that you've written. And I think that's difficult for a lot of people to do, but But you know. Yeah, Yeah, it is so difficult. I've, I think I've built a business off the basis of how difficult it is. to. (laughs) And I mean, myself and my copywriter, who's also a storyteller, we, you know, we spend a lot of our time crafting people's stories and it's kind of one of the reasons why I love what I do because I will see 
talented professionals come to us and say, look, I just feel really stuck and I should have a LinkedIn profile. I'm not loving what I do. I can't sort of progress within my career or I've been given feedback by HR that my LinkedIn profile is not positioning me properly for, you know, they're not even going to consider me for next roles. Can you please help? So we just sit down with a person and um, we have a, a lot of online services these days, but we get them to fill in a questionnaire. We look at their resume and we play back to them what we see and what's, uh, it's a privilege to be able to sort of partner people on this journey. But what's most exciting about it is a lot of people will say, gee, you made me look so good. And it's like, hang on, you are really good. <laughs> you are good. Yeah, exactly. You've been talking in task and 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 projects and we've got to talk in style and, and what you care about and what you believe and, and why that's important to a potential organisation or a department within your organisation thinking about working with you. You have superpowers. You just have to call them out. And I think it's because traditionally as Australians, you've heard of this idea of this tall poppy syndrome. Oh, of course. I have experienced yeah, I it firsthand. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think culturally we're encouraged to talk about ourselves and I, I get a lot of people saying oh you know I want to be humble I don't want to you know beat my chest and I'm like well hang on that's all well and good but all your competitors that are going for the same job <laughs> mm. all the other candidates are beating their chest so let's write a profile that you feel comfortable showcases your unique skills and experience and style but let's celebrate at the same time and that's a journey and it, it, it's hard but it's worth doing because then you get really really clear about you know, those specialties that we talked about, coming back to thought leadership and, and yeah. personal, you get a strong sense through the process of what you are good at. Um, and it's sad in some ways that it takes a third person to tell you that, but I just think that's a byproduct of, especially a lot of professionals, they're just really busy doing their doing and, and coping with the juggling act of full-time or part-time roles and being successful. And um, you and I discussed this, or you've mentioned this earlier. Um, fortunately, well, unfortunately, we now operate in a world where just doing a great job is not enough um, and you need to be familiar and comfortable with showcasing your strengths. Yes, absolutely. Karen, I know that we, we've got a few minutes left and I know that you, um, you've got some great tips around building your brand for your leadership role and I know you call them potential, potential success factors because yeah. they're not guaranteed but they're potential. Would you mind sharing I mean, a couple of those with us? Sure, and they're not guaranteed because I understand and you and I talked about this, mindset is such a big part of all of this. So I'm trying to, by calling them potential success factors, I'm trying to create a safe space for people to choose to engage with some of the concepts. So I've got 10 and I'll, I'll sort of talk about, I guess, some of the key ones. You've heard me mention the first two, so I'm just going to sort of whiz over those. I guess it's deciding, the first one is knowing what you want to be known for and then being clear about who you're trying to influence. So I'm known as the LinkedIn lady. We've sort of unpacked that concept a little bit. What's your version of that? What are you the go-to person for or what would you like to become the go-to person for? In terms of who you're trying to influence, you really need to make a decision about the types of communities and I'll talk about this a little bit more that you want to serve. So what industries do you want to work in? Um, what industries don't you want to work in? Remember saying no to things is important as saying yes to things. Um, the next one, and you've heard me talk about this, is just um, being you but knowing how to position this as a superpower. So it's a really good exercise to ask other people what they think your strengths are. And if you've been listening to my story today, 
it's been other people highlighting to me the way they perceive my strengths that's really helped me cultivate um, yes. my leadership and personal brand. And so the more open you can be to the thoughts and feedback of others, the better you'll be at knowing yourself and how to position that as a superpower. And it's embracing what I like to call the uglies as, as well as the pretty part of your personality because they're just as powerful if used effectively. Can you give me an example of that? Well, I'm very forthright um, and it's perceived as being authoritative and I used to maybe perceive that as a negative and I've just chosen now to surround myself with clients and suppliers and collaborators who value my uh, ability to make a decision and I'm respectful at every step of the journey, at every sort of step of the decision-making process, but I can be relied upon to make a decision. And so for maybe slower-paced people that, need time to think about things they can find that a little bit um confronting and so I'm very good at saying to people look I can make it a decision really quickly or we can sit on it would you like some time to think about it um so it's it just has helped me make decisions about you know I say that to people when I sort of move into a collaboration I'll say look I can make decisions really quickly I'm quite decisive I'm really I've got a really clear decision criteria as to how I make decisions um so I almost use it uh, to explain to people my style. And yeah, I can you're framing adapt. it up. Yeah, you're framing it up in the right way. Yeah. And I can adapt my style, but I think if people are indecisive or they come to me and say, oh, look, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, listen, you come to me when you've done the work and you know that you're ready to launch and you, you know, you're really clear about your brand. I can help you get clear about your brand. But if you're still in the decision-making zone or you've got some, some work to do, you know, mindset work or motivational work, do that work first and then come and see me. And people appreciate that. It's my honesty, which is yeah. one of my strengths, but it's just being clear. Um, and so just maybe for those listening, just have a think about those things that you may, sometimes when you criticise for things, right, so when I'm talking about the uglies, and they're not really ugly, they're just things that maybe society can't, I don't know, normalise, um, have a think about some of those things and have a think about, well, what are my strengths and when am I in my happy place and when do I work most effectively? Because I think you'll find in that moment that's where your superpowers lie and that's where you need to think about, well, what environments can I work in that appreciates and I can harness those superpowers because then you'll be operating in your flow and you'll probably be at your highest performance um, yes. when you're in that room. And it, look, it takes ages to cultivate that, but that's that. I guess that's the hard work part, and it's worth doing. Oh, it's so worth doing to develop that level of self awareness where you can feel it in your body, or you just or you just know this isn't right for me. When it, it it's it's so powerful and it's very empowering to have that capability. Yeah, feeling in your body. There's a book written by Malcolm Gladwell called Blink. And he talks about a gut reaction to something and he unpacks what a gut reaction is. And he actually explains that it's your subconscious processing all of your previous experiences and giving you signals. So that feeling is actually very, very um, helpful in how you make decisions. So there's some of the success factors. I've got more, but I'm just mindful of time. Look, you shared so much, Karen, and I really appreciate it. There's lots there that, you know, for, for us to think about and especially with some actionable tips as well around firstly getting started with our LinkedIn summary and, and perking that up a little bit. Um, but if people need help, can you share with, with us a bit more about Think Bespoke and where people can connect with you? Absolutely. So I've written a blog every week 
since April 2013 around things like career planning, your individual LinkedIn strategy and your organisational LinkedIn strategy. So if you're wanting to find out more about some of the themes that I've talked about, you can jump onto our website, which is, um, I think you'll put it in the link um, to this. It's thinkbespoke.com.au. And if you look on the website in the top left-hand side, there's a start here. Uh, section. So click onto that and there's heaps of resources you can read about all of the topics that I've mentioned today. I also send a monthly uh, email newsletter out and on that I have a summary of the blogs that we write each month and lots of useful tools um, around LinkedIn and how to achieve professional success. So people are welcome to sign up to that and you can see that um, on the website and you'll also of course find me on LinkedIn. So please um, if you're listening to this, I love it when people have um, have heard me interviewed and they send an invitation to connect and they tell me a little bit about their story. So do reach out to me on LinkedIn. I am an open networker and I love hearing um, your feedback regarding whether this has been helpful or not. Well, thank you so much, Karen. This has been wonderful. Thank you for being so generous and sharing your wisdom with us. And I hope that the listeners do connect with you on LinkedIn or at the very least stalk your profile and see what a good profile looks like. And do reach out and invite me to connect. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, So there you have it. Are you going to go off and pimp out your LinkedIn profile now? I certainly hope so. (laughs) A big thanks to Karen Hollenbach for being such a wonderful guest on the show this week. You can find out more about what she does at thinkbespoke.com.au or simply visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 188. Now, if this episode has given you food for thought and you are a purpose-driven business owner looking to increase your brand visibility and grow your business as well, then make sure that you apply for the C-Method Apprenticeship Program, which starts in 2019. Go to thecmethod.com slash apply or click on the link in the description in your app. Okay, and that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.